This episode contains themes of grief, trauma, depression, and other mental illnesses. Listener discretion is advised, and help can be found at samaritans.org.uk. Beginner's Call. This is your Beginner's Call. Will all show beginners please make their way to the studio? Tonight's performance of Overstudies is about to begin. Hello and welcome to the Overstudies podcast. We are back once again. My name is Charlie. And mine's Becky. And we're doing something a bit different this week. We're going to be having a chat, not about one show, but about multiple shows, multiple things about how theatre has helped us, theatre has connected us, and how theatre portrays things like community within different shows and within its values. Yeah, it's it's been a while since we've done a bit of a topic episode. We've done a lot of show-heavy focus this season, so we wanted to just take a step back and really look at theatre and the benefits it provides for people because we we say all the time on the podcast how much the act of going to the theatre can change our day change our mood um and we just wanted to unpack that a little bit didn't we yeah, I think it's going to be a really interesting kind of journey to go down. One of the things we will be discussing as well is going to be like theatre and how it impacts certainly my mental health, um, because it's all about me, obviously. Um, but I also just wanted to draw attention to as well to uh, think, and one of the reasons why we've chosen to do this episode this week is that one of our favourite shows, one that we absolutely adore, The Choir of Man, had a gala night earlier on in the week, raising money for Calm, the campaign against living miserably. Um, and just wanted to give a shout out to anybody and everybody who is facing challenges with mental health, who is struggling with their mental health, and also to all of those out there doing fantastic work to create a safer space and a better space for people with mental health challenges in the UK and beyond um, to be able to live their life to the fullest so if you can spare any money i not don't have to do this but i just wanted to and use our platform um do donate to any of the various mental health charities that might be local to you or that you might believe in um but also if you can just go and ask your friend how they're doing today drop a message send them a message just be like hello how are you hope you're having a wonderful day it will make their day trust me it does make all the difference sometimes if you want to have a chat with us about this episode, any of the things we're discussing this week, or indeed anything at all in general, you can do that by heading onto the internet and going to a variety of places. Yes. So you can find us on Instagram and threads under at Overstudies blog. We are on Blue Sky because yeah. we're nice and snazzy. Just search overstudies.co.uk on there. Yes. And you can also find us um, on the World Wide Web if you are so inclined, um, overstudies.co.uk. We have all our old reviews, news, radio shows as well, if you feel like going way, way back. Yeah, way, way back indeed, many centuries ago, not long in fact, after the Bible began. I am just amazed at how you can get a Joseph reference in, like to any given conversation, if you try hard enough. I can just get musical references into anything if I try. I don't even have to try, to be fair. That is true. That is true. So let's then jump straight into today's topic. And I want to actually start with the theme of community, as we mentioned, but specifically how musical theatre can connect people together and bring people together, because we've got our friendship to thank for musical theatre. We do. And I think it's a very funny story and I think we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll keep it quite light and happy. <laughs> we won't, we won't give the full breakdown um, of what's happened, but we really bonded over the fact that we were musical theatre fans and it was a, 
almost unexpected discovery, I think, because we'd sort of known each other for a while, but sort of not. And then we met and you were like, wait, you like musical theater. I like musical theater. And it was very Spider-Man meme of us. And I think our friendship, our friendship was solidified when you invited me to go see the Limmy's stage concert. Yeah, I got some tickets from a friend who wasn't able to go to the Lima's stage concert. So we decided to go along. Don't ask us anything that happened in the stage concert because we can't remember. Um, but that's the whole a whole other story. Um, if you're in the know, you know. Then we were like, oh, okay, so we do we do like musicals. Um, and then I went to see Heather's about a week after you went to see Heather's. Mm. Um, and I just remember texting you being like, that is the best thing I've ever seen in my life. And you were like, oh my God, someone else. Finally, I can talk to them about Heather's (laughs) and thus the overstudies was born. Yeah. It's really interesting. So that Les Mis concert actually is a really interesting one to kind of just pause on for a moment. Like we say, we can't remember a thing about it except Lucy Lucy Jones was in it and she was probably fantastic. We can remember we were there. But I think it's really interesting because that brought our friendship together. But it was also particularly for me a bit of a challenging and a bit of a dark time and the start of where some of my challenges of the last couple of years were kind of starting to stem from. So there was a lot of interesting stuff around that. But there is something to be said for just going into a venue, going into a theatre, into a space blocking out the world for two hours, three hours, not looking at your phone, not talking to anybody, just being immersed in what's going on. The story of Les Mis is very easy to get immersed into. It is a, well, I think it's a very gripping tale. It is one of the greatest musicals of all time for a reason. And it always brings me to tears, like the death of Eponine in particular, A Little Fall of Rain, I just think is one of those musical theatre moments that we can all not relate to, but equally a lot of us can relate to the themes of grief and death. It was interesting how that got you and then Empty Chairs got me. Yeah. And because I I resonate with that song. I don't know if resonate is the right word, but I, I admire that song for how that song handles grief and like survivor's guilt. And I think it's it's interesting we both picked the most depressing moments of the most depressing show of all time to be like, this is what we're going to bond over. Well, we did bond over Les a little bit, but then, like we say, we then moved on to Heather's and bonded over that. And as much as Heather's is dark, I don't think any of it is particularly emotional, at least not in some of the stagings that we've seen, because I know that um, there are a couple of moments in Heather's, particularly in the second act, uh, for instance, Tiniest Lifeboat, etc., that can be quite powerful. But a lot of that depends on the audience. It depends on the, the theatre with a show like Heather's, to be fair, um, and has depended on how some of the characters have chosen, some performers have chosen to play those characters. Not saying at this point whether that's good or bad. I'm just putting across the facts. We kind of bonded over Heather's just for the sheer chaos of it. And I think that's quite a beautiful beautiful nice Mm. see what i did there is a beautiful kind of parallel being like we've bonded over one of the most heartbreaking shows of all time because we're a little bit sad a lot of the time and then the most chaotic show of all time which we are also the most chaotic duo of all times i just think there's something quite poetic about that (laughs) 
I think if you were going to pick like a couple of shows that would sum us up, definitely Heather's energy and Lemmy's energy would be right up there because I mean, like Marius and Eponine, the best friends turned not lovers and Heather's where you've just got the iconic trio. I mean, we're an iconic duo, I suppose, but even then they've got an iconic duo in the way of Veronica and JD. This not that we just make it very clear that we're not doing the murder part. No, no. Um not yet anyway. Um <laughs> no, but I think it is it is quite funny how those are the two shows that we bonded over and they couldn't be more different in terms of like style and in terms of like narrative, but also like fit our personalities so well. Yeah. Imagine if we hadn't of if we hadn't have gone to see those two shows, where would we be now? Not doing this podcast, that's oh, that for certain. Is, that is very true. <laughs> <laughs> Labors is another interesting show though. Like thinking about themes of community, you've got the entire subplot, which actually should be the main plot, but we'll leave that for when we get around to doing a Labors episode. Of the ABC calf and the lads. The lads, lads, lads. The lads, lads, lads. And we've spoken about our Tim Pot theory. Of the lads, 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 many times. Not for a while, to be fair. It was a, a regular feature of the radio shows back in the day. That's something there that's a show that is all about like coming together in a joint cause, in a social cause that I care about. And you get the incredibly powerful moment of the end of One Day More at the end of the first act, where everyone's together on stage and you need to see the flags flying. And I just think things like that are so great at showing how powerful people are together both in terms of the visuals of everybody marching in time and getting the pretty much the full company on stage, but also in ways of you've got all the different harmonies and all different um, vocal parts all mixing together as well. And it's like, tell me a song that kind of sums up the musical theatre community in a better way than One Day More. I think it's a really beautiful moment on stage where it shows the power of collective action, like literally, but also shows like the solidarity of like what happens when people who care about the same thing band together. And it's just such a great moment in theatre. And I think that, I mean, I get chills every time I think about it. And every time I listen to any cast recording, that's the song that always sticks out for me. We see a lot about things like Lame is about the the other many subplots there are too many subplots to that but i think ultimately at its core the show's about community and the yeah. show's about those the the power of the people and it's those moments that just stick out so much and just remind you what community is to begin with yeah i think you're completely right with that one and actually that leads nicely into what i wanted to say next as well which is that at the end of Lame Is in the epilogue, you've got um, some of the greatest lyrics, I think, of, of musical theatre, where you set to um, a very stripped back version of the main theme from the show. Um, and it basically goes along, even the darkest night will end and the sun will rise. And this always reminds me of back in, I think it was 2015, 2016, um, there was the very tragic uh, attacks in Paris, um, the terrorism incidents there. And... I'd seen Les Mis a couple of days before, so this was like very fresh in the mind. 
but also those lyrics started kind of doing the rounds on social media. And through that, it was how a lot of people like finding each other and starting just really wholesome and nice conversations, which then led on to like the vigils that were happening around London with the French flag. And there was people kind of like humming along that those bits of Les Mis because it is such an iconic score that has brought so many people together, whether you like musicals or not, like you're hard pressed to find someone who doesn't at least know of Les Mis. And then to put that to such incredibly meaningful lyrics, i.e. even the darkest night will end and the sun will rise. It's that hope. And it's that like, it's that way of saying like, you know, yeah, you've had a really bad day. Yes. Stuff goes wrong. You know, uh, whatever we're talking about, moving it back more broad now, but the next day will always keep like things keep going. So you have to keep going as well, even though it's going to be bad dealing with that. I almost want to see a Les Mis sequel. I almost want to see what happens in 10 years time. Cause I think that would be a really fascinating insight that could have so much again, resonance with people who are facing mental health challenges or dealing with grief or anything like that. It's almost like the aftermath. Yeah. that we want to unpack a little bit because we sort of see the immediate aftermath through Marius and Empty Chairs. Like we see his immediate like, oh my God, I am the only person out of all of my friends that has made it out of this horrendous, horrendous ordeal. But that doesn't mean that, you know, that goes away overnight. And I think that that applies to many other situations where like things like grief, it can hit you out of the blue five years down the line of the most ridiculous things. And it's just one of those things that never really leaves you. And I think it would be so interesting to kind of unpack, like, I know, I know you're not a Marius girly. I'm a, I'm a Marius apologist. Um, he broke Eponine's heart. He did, but he also, he, he goes through a lot. So we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll leave him be. Um, but I think it would be interesting to kind of unpack his journey to like back to normal because mm. we see him, you know, get married and it's all happy, happy, but like there's trauma there. And I think you could get a really interesting insight if you were to do a sequel and focus on him. I probably would go and see it. And let's be honest, it can't be any worse than Paint Never Dries. I dare you to just go like one show without mentioning it. I haven't mentioned it for a while, to be fair. <laughs> shocker, shocker. Um, no, I think you're absolutely right, though. And I think that's another really interesting kind of element of, of musicals in general and how they can pick up those moments and show th that things don't always have to have a happy ending because life doesn't always happy, have a, a happy ending. But it's also then twisting it round to kind of go, okay, this is not a great outcome, but how do we carry on and how do we make this work? And I know for me, a lot of the musical theater moments that I connect most with tend to be those turning points or those times when we're dealing with, you know, grief and loss. And two that will always immediately kind of come to mind are in the choir of man, which I mentioned earlier, um, where we have, it goes through a big kind of long section about loss and grief of, of various people. Um, including the song Dance With My Father, which I just breaks me every time, every single time. Um, and then likewise, and Juliet, when we're kind of going through towards the end of what's come in the show. And it's like Juliet is 
got a choice to make. Does she want happiness or, you know, where does it all come in? Um, and again, the song that the nurse sings effing perfect. I can't even get through like the first two or three notes before the, just the tears are there. And I think for me, these are just moments of theater that resonate so much in terms of what like parental figures can mean, but also how they deal with grief in the case of something like the choir of man, but also then in something like Juliet, how it's kind of like, there's always hope, even if things don't have, don't end up. I mean, I was just smiling there because I was like, actually the irony of saying that about a character who very much has a line go, do we have hope? No, but uh, there is always hope. And I just think it's moments like that, that really teach you and remind you that no matter how bad things get, you've got to keep going, but you've also, whatever you do, whatever your best is, is always good enough. I think I want to talk about the choir of man moment a little bit more, actually, um, because this is a show that we have talked about so much on the podcast, on our radio show literally go search for our choir of man episodes. If you want the full breakdown, we'll pause for you. We won't pause for you, but you can pause the podcast and just listen to kind of some of our previous thoughts about the show. But I think the choir of man's a really interesting one in how it does show that hope through the people around you. And hope isn't like a theoretical thing that you have to try and pretend you know what it looks like. The choir of man is there saying, you know, here are the people, here is your support network. Here are, you know, the rocks to keep you going. And I think it's such a simple, but so obvious concept when you think about it. It's like, oh my gosh, why has no one done this before? It's a standout moment for me in the show to just be like, this is the most heartbreaking thing that you can go through, you know, like the loss of a parent, but you can always find someone to, to carry the burden with you. And in the choir of man, this, this is represented by everyone on in the company having a shot in like solidarity. And it's just nice, a nice way of showing, you know, you're not, you're not alone. You're never alone. Even if it feels like you are, it's, a solo song that goes into like a very beautiful moment that the whole company get involved in. And it just gives me chills every single time I think about it. And it's just one of those moments in theatre that I think just is a reminder why the art form is just as powerful as it is. I think you're absolutely right. And that is one of the special abilities of all performing arts, but certainly for me, particularly musical theatre, is to take some of those most heartbreaking, tragic and painful moments of, of life and turn them into something beautiful without taking any of that pain away and allowing you, especially if you've dealt with the loss of a parent as I have, you completely sympathise with what is going on, but you're still enjoying yourself as well. And it's it does get the thoughts going and you know it does make you have a little cry it does get you where it needs to be but like you said that sense of community where you can be on your own and and a lot of like the lighting and the staging really helps with this in the uh, parts of the song the performer the poet who's singing the song does feel very alone and isolated 
and there's dim lights on the background, like kind of blocking out the company. Like you don't need to see them and it's quite harsh and white, but then it starts to warm up. We get to a warmer type of lighting and we get to see then the company and then we have that beautiful shot moment. And I think that in itself is almost some of the stages of mental health and things like depression, where when it's bad, you can feel, even though you're surrounded by your buddies, you feel so alone and isolated, but actually when you get lifted out of that, it is a moment to celebrate and it is a moment to be positive and happy. And I just think that's why moments like that, particularly for me, could get me in the feels so much because I've been there and I've lived it and I can see myself in the story that's being told. I can kind of relate, but kind of not Um, in the sense that some people who know me in real life um, will know that I've been going through some like quite serious health stuff at the moment. And that whole feeling isolated and essentially blocking everyone out. But then when you do remember, oh, there's this massive group of people around me who were there to support me, maybe not in what I need long-term, but in the immediate kind of what can we do to fix the situation tonight? It's a moment that while it is about grief, you don't have to necessarily have only experienced that. And I think that's why it works so well is that it's applicable to so many kind of situations. I mean, I, I get, I'm trying not to get emotional kind of like thinking about it too much, um, but it's just so poignant is the word. Yeah. And I think that's a really nice way to lead into instead of thinking about how shows represent community or how moments in shows can be positive influences almost. The art of going to the theatre itself and going to see something can be just as empowering and just as healing for a lot of people. Like I know for me, um, I grew up with the theatre. I grew up seeing shows and a lot of those I would see with my mum. So when I lost my mum, it was almost like I've not got that anymore. And it took me a long time to kind of get back into going and seeing shows on my own. But now whatever I'm seeing, even if it is something bad, being in that space and like I said earlier on, just losing yourself in what's going on for a few hours, that in itself can be very healing and very positive because you don't have to worry about what's going on. And then when you adds into that like going with a friend or going with a co-host it becomes even more like of an experience but also like a distraction sometimes but also part of the healing itself like we've seen shows together that we've come out of and just had so many like thoughts or like it's unlocked little things that were like oh that's what that was or things like that and I just think having the ability to go and have a space like a theatre and go and share those experiences with people who you love people who are your friends whatever is incredible but also the people that you can then meet through that because our friendship probably got solidified over theatre but we were friends anyway yeah but then I think about all the other people who I've met through theatre and I just think that that's wonderful that there are people from all different backgrounds ages genders sexualities whatever who have nothing in common except for their love of theatre their love of the arts and being able to do that can also lead to those connections and those ways that you can heal each other almost because you're there and you can listen and you can just take a moment or if it is just a case of you're having a bad day 
let's go and see a show tonight, you know? Yeah. I mean, some of my closest friends since moving to London, I've met through meme pages for shows that I like. <laughs> um, so I think it's just a, a great bonding experience because like you said, going to see a show, yeah, you can go on your own and have a great time, but going with someone and just being able to kind of have that immediate conversation about it and have that immediate, oh, this is what I saw. This is what I liked. And then being able to do that again and again, and just building those connections where you can, like you said, go, do you want to go see a show tonight? I've got a spare ticket. Or do you want to come and see this weird thing that I've heard about, but I think it might be a laugh. You need to experience a show with someone to know how they will then react to future shows. Yeah. And I think it just, it's like a snowball effect. Yeah. It's, again, it's just kind of sums up the power of the performing arts and the power of theatre and musical theatre because there are shows like, for instance, um, and Closure is specifically for this one, Becky, because you've not seen it yet. But for Wicked, it's a show that I've now seen more times than I can count. Like it's one of the few shows that I go back to again and again and again and again, because I think it's got some incredibly powerful moments in there. And I'm going to circle back to that bit slightly. But for me now, I can go and see Wicked if I'm having a bad day because I know what I'm getting. It will cheer me up and I'll come out of it happy. Part of what makes me get so much enjoyment of Wicked nowadays isn't so much watching the show. It's watching other people's faces during some of the reveal moments. And I won't see any more than that because I will then spoil that for Becky. But if you know what I mean, as particularly we get into end of act one, act two, and things start to happen, shall we say, getting those connections made, I think is where Wicked is at its most clever. But it's also where if you've never seen the show or you're seeing the show for the first time, people's reactions are priceless because they are just like, oh my God, how have they done that? Or how has this happened? And I think things like that as well is why theatre is also so magical is seeing people of all ages just being totally mesmerized and captivated by what's going on on the stage. I mean, I guess it's kind of like there's certain shows that we've said the other is not allowed to go see without the other. Um, and there's other shows where I've said to my friends, like, I have to come with you because I need to see your reaction to it. I took my housemate Lucy to go and see Heather's for the first time uh, a few weeks ago. Well, a few months ago now, actually. And I was like, I need to go with you. I can't let you go on your own because I need to see how you react to this show. And I need to know if you find the same bits funny that I find funny. She did, obviously, <laughs> because she's basically me just like copy and pasted and a little bit Welsh. Like, <laughs> but... It is. It's, that's part of the fun is being like, what parts do you react to of something that that I love so much? Like that's that's part of the part of the joy of it. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right on that one. And there's even shows that we've gone to see together and we've come out of and we've been like totally on the same page about. Or there's been shows where perhaps one of us got it straight away, another one has, has warmed up to it. Or even the shows where we've come out with completely different views as well. 
I want to take the middle segment as one to kind of have a little bit of a touch on. It's not a show that we've spoken about at all on the podcast, but it is something that we've spoken about on the radio show. That's Lift, which is a tiny little show that you've either heard of or you haven't heard of. And if you haven't heard of it, why have you been living under a rock? Um, and this was at the Southwark Playhouse in 2022. And this show broke me, I think is safe to say, because it's set in a London Underground lift. The whole show takes place in a period of about 60 seconds, give or take. And we go through, you know, different characters and different things on life. And what it is, is a representation or a... Um, it's a metaphor. A metaphor, yes. A representation, a metaphor for grief, for the stages of grief, where you go through, you know, anger, you go through sadness, you go through healing, etc., etc. And the first time we saw it, I came out of this straight away and I was like, got it resonates to me. I know exactly what's going on here. Love it. And it's a lot of other things as well. And I think it's a show that we are going to get around to doing a podcast on at some point because it's just been really interesting to A, revisit it, but B, we've got lots of thoughts on it as a duo. So I think it'd be really interesting to get into. But anyway, um, I came out of it was like straight away, I get it. And you were kind of a bit more going down a different path with what was going on. I was kind of, I wasn't miles away. I was taking it with the approach of this is a breakup and that's kind of as as literal as it got. And I was focusing more on like it being a love letter to London and saw it from a completely different point of view the first time around. The second time around when we went to see it, I was like, oh, it's about grief. And you were like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, I took something else from it before. Like I and it's such a concept piece that I think that's part of the fun of it. This is why I wanted to mention it though, is not about so much about Lyft specifically, but about that view and that idea that people can and should take different things from different pieces of art. Yeah. You know, theatre ultimately is, is art. It is an art form. It's the same if we go to an art gallery as we did a couple of weeks ago. And we'll go and see something. We can both be looking at the same painting and take completely different things from it. Or I'll stop and look at a painting you'll walk past or you'll stop and look at a painting and I'll walk past. And I think it's the same with musical theatre is that there's going to be shows that we're not going to all love. We're not all going to all enjoy. There's going to be shows that we're both going to love, but for completely different reasons. And then there will be those shows where we're all going to be on the same page. And I think that's where as well, the power of the theatre community, thinking about community, is so strong and has so much potential is to find people who you bonded over the same shows with and find people who you can have that discussion. You might have the same favorite show, but for wildly different reasons. And I think as well, it's just because there's always going to be a Charlie gets on a soapbox for a few moments. I think it's as well where the, the whole theatre community just needs to take a little bit of a step back and just calm down a little bit. Like we're seeing a lot of what can only really be described as turf wars at the moment over certain shows and trying to gatekeep shows or trying to like, because a show is popular with some people, therefore that show is the worst thing in the world. It's like, okay, you don't like the show. We get it. Shut up. Let the people enjoy it because it might not mean much to you, but to that group of people over there, it means a lot too. Like I am not a paint never dries fan. I don't know if that's apparent, 
like I cannot stand it. But if you want to go and watch that show and love it, and I have friends who adore it, you go and adore it. And you know what? I'll come and see it with you if it means that you're going to enjoy it. I will sit there hating life, but actually it's not about me. It's your favorite show. So we're going to go and see it and enjoy it and have a great time. And I just think we can all be kind a bit more about stuff like that. I think that people just need to learn that if you don't like something, you don't have to post about it. Unless you're me with the shows that I don't like. And then obviously I get a free pass. But I, to be fair, I do it in jest at this point. <laughs> it is it is my brand to complain about the same three shows. And I have not seen any of them. So I have, I have literally no grounds to complain about them. <laughs> but it's funny. But I do it. I'm never going to say to someone that show is terrible and actually mean it if they like it. <laughs> but the, but this is exactly my point though, is that there, there are ways of doing this and, and having the, these fun. And this is, this is community and this is bringing stuff together. Like if you're friends with somebody, there's going to be banter between you. There's going to be like jokes and stuff. And it's the same with sharing opinions and sharing shows. And we can use this to be stronger as a theater community, or we can just use it to actually attack people and there's a lot of the latter going on at the moment, which I just don't like. And I think it goes against what, certainly what the Overstudies is about, but also what so many shows are about. I think unless your show is actively promoting harm against a community, then just let it do its thing. If it's just a bit silly, then why are you getting so pressed about it? Like it's not that deep. So theatre, of course, can make these connections can give these beautiful moments when you're in the theatre space, but they can also be great away from them. Cast albums are a way that we can enjoy and have these moments from the comfort of our own home. Or in my next little anecdote, the comfort, as you would expect, of a train seat. I don't think I've heard this story. No, have you not? I don't know. No. Do, do enlighten me. So back in 20... I want to say 12, maybe 2013, I was having a bit of a bad time. A bit, Things were a bit rough. Things were a bit like not great with the old mental health. And I took myself away for a couple little days um, to Cornwall for a little day trip. And not long before this, I'd seen Wicked for probably like the fourth or fifth time at this stage. We're well beyond that now. And I had the soundtrack on and just listened to was listening along to it. And then that was where I, I kind of really started to like resonate with some of the harmonies and understand and get into the meaning of the lyrics, some of the music, some of the different motifs. And it just helped me cheer up. It helped me along coupled with the beautiful scenery of Cornwall, despite the fact that there was a horrendous storm happening, cheered me up and made me feel great. And now basically I always associate specifically as long as you're mine from Wicked with the section of railway from Plymouth, which is not in Cornwall, um, down to Cornwall, which is in Cornwall. And even what, now down I to just, all of Cornwall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now I just think of it uh, like whenever I'm listening to those songs, I just remember like that part of the world as well. Like I enjoy the show, but I also think actually I just come out of a really, really bad period of mental health. And that was something that was giving me hope and giving me like making me happy again. And is a reason why I'm still here, which is always nice. I think the final show we want to touch on as well, when we're talking about community is of course, come from away. How could we not mention this one? How could we leave it so long? 
since we last talked about it, first of all. Um, but I think this is another show that is literally a story about the power of people and the power of community. And I think it's a show that has resonated so deeply with so many people and built such a beautiful community in its own right to the point where, you know, you have people, literally friendships that have formed and connections that have formed just based on the love of the show and how beautiful the message is, but also that have spanned continents and Mm. countries and just really shows the power of like human connection. I think the whole story of Come From Away is one of those moving moments that was always destined to end up in something like a musical theatre show. And go and listen to our episode way back in season one, actually, I think that was, of the podcast. If you want to hear more about our views and come for away, can't wait for the tour to come back. But it is such a moving show for so many different reasons. And it's a show, The Onion's coming out. It's a show that's got so many different layers that you can peel away at. And if you want to just go in and see like the best of human spirit right there, But again, if you want to then start drilling down into it, you've got relationships, you've got love, you've got loss, you've got grief, you've got hope, you've got um, breakup, you've got just making new friends, you've got having the best of times kissing fishes, you've got Titanic. Like, There's so many different things in there. And for a show to get so much into 90 odd minutes as well is huge but also to do it in such a way that's also so delicate to what was a true story and what is a true real life event that still brings a lot of pain to a lot of people, but also to do that in a way that people like you and me who grew up with 9-11 quite tragically, but have gone into it otherwise relatively um, relatively fresh in terms of not, not kind of knowing what's going on, coming out and going, that was, that was incredible. But also then there's still moments that you can relate to and there's things that you see and then you go, for me, the themes of grief and stuff. And I just think that's really special. And then to do all that as well, where it's based on a true event and the characters are based on real people and to have all the real people involved still be so involved and supportive and dedicated to a show, like having Captain Beverly Bass come and be at the closing night in London, I think it was, or closing one of the closing nights, things like that, you know, that, that's a huge sign of how much a show can mean to communities and to individuals as well. Yeah. I think the most special community moment for me when it comes to come from away is sadly, um, a fan, a huge fan of the show passed away earlier in the year. And just the sheer amount of love and outpouring of collective memories that came after that, just knowing that the show had helped this fan touch so many people's lives and get to know so many people to the point where the performance that actually took place in Ganda was kind of dedicated to them. And, you know, had so much connection to how much that show can 
change someone's life. I think it's just no other show has really demonstrated something on that scale to me before. And I think it's just, it's so incredible. It is a show that really does show the best in people and how in the face of adversity you can come together. And again, links back into what I was saying right towards the start about Les Mis in that there is always hope and the darkest night will end. And this is also not the first time Come From Away has done things like this all through its history. If people affected by the show, people known by the show have been, you know, faced adversity themselves or have tragically passed away, then the show has been very good at, at supporting that as well. There was a band member, I think it was, um, as well, not long before the London run finished, he passed away. And again, like just the love and support that the show was putting into that. And it's not to say that other shows don't do this as well, but community is such at the heart of what Come From Away is about. And I think it just also embodies the messages of the show, but also the people that it's representing, the people of Newfoundland who were so welcoming and were so human. I just think moments like that are, that that's what it's all about. I think the line that sums this up perfectly is in Come From Away, there's a candle in the window and the kettle's always on and nothing sums up community more than that to me. Yeah. I think it's just a beautiful, beautiful, like a way of demonstrating that there's always a glimmer of hope and comfort wherever you look, even in places that you might not expect it. I don't think I can add anything to that. I think that's the perfect place to, <laughs> to end things off. Um, yeah, it, absolutely right. I, you know, and yeah. This has been overstudies. <laughs> Are you about to cry? Maybe. <laughs> oh my gosh, if I made you cry. Oh, maybe. You, do you need a moment? <laughs> no, it's fine. We'll finish it off. We'll, we'll finish. Yeah, that has been overstudies for this week. I'm I'm shocked that I've had some emotions come out, but it's, it's a challenge. Always part of the fun is trying to get you to cry. <laughs> Thanks for that. Um, it's been a bit of a different one, but it's been a really interesting and emotional trip, both down memory lane, but also to kind of just have a look at some of these moments and and the idea of community in musical theatre. Yeah. If you have anything you'd like to add to that, your own experiences of community in musical theatre, your own experiences of finding that community, you can get in touch on Instagram and threads. We are at Earth Studies blog, or you can also email us if you want, stage at earthstudies.co.uk. You can also head on to Blue Sky because we're new and fancy. Just search overstudies.co.uk on there or on this week's podcast on Spotify, because unfortunately we can only do it on Spotify. We will have a little question box of what is your community moment or something like that. I will, as always, we'll work on it and refine it before it appears anywhere. Um, and I don't want responses about the sitcom. Thank you very much. Not for me. However, if you want to talk about the community musical episode, we will allow that. 
We will. And actually, that's a great idea for a future podcast is musical <laughs> episodes of, of TV shows. Oh, bestie, it's on the list. It Don't could. you worry. Well, thank you for being part of the Overstudies community. It really does mean a lot that people tune in and listen to this because that's why we do it. Yes. And if you have enjoyed yourself, make sure you tell as many people as possible and build that community. Like, share, subscribe. Everyone who subscribes to our podcast, do get it before anyone else. Um, Because we're nice like that. Uh, So yeah, hit that subscribe button and uh, show us a bit of love. Yeah. And finally, though, just to reiterate, if you have been affected by anything that we have spoken about today, or if you do want a little bit of help out there, there are all manner of different organizations, charities, some of them local, some of them national, some of them international that can help you. Going to give another shout out to Calm, the campaign against living miserably. Also going to give a shout out to Mind, Samaritans, all really good places. Loads of support out there if you need it and want it. And you are not alone. It is okay to have bad days. You've summed it up perfectly. Well, we're going to go and kiss some fishes. I wondered where you were going with that one then. <laughs> I've not had an excuse to finish on that line for a while. Fair, fair. We're going to go and kiss some fishes and we will see you again on the next one. From me, Charlie. And from me, Becky. It's goodbye. See ya.